Invasion of Privacy. I'm Kate Wolf, and today I have Casey Balsham is with me. Hello. Hi. How are you? Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Casey is a hilarious comedian, and I don't even know what else you do. That's it. <laughs> She's a comedian. That's it. I am a comedian. I'm a cheese lover. Um, I'm a wine drinker. Um, and a lover, you know, at the end of the day. She has sex. She has a boyfriend yeah. that she has sex with. Very judgmental about people, so there's that. Just oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> She's judging you. She thinks I'm she's judging. better than you. I am better. I'm, you know, I'm wearing sweats and, and socks, so I mean. Yeah, you're wearing like cool sweats with that little band me. around the ankle that goes in. Oh, the, like you're the like, joggers. <laughs> you're like, I'm, I'm wearing sweats, but. In a trendy way. But I'm cool. But I still don't yeah. feel like they, like I see people wear it and I'm like, you you look cool. And then I try and like hike them up and I'm like, they're just going to fall and they're really just for warmth. I don't know what I'm trying to pull here. Well, you look good. Thank you, Kate. But before we get into, before we get into topics, Casey. Yes. Okay. Um, so everybody, couple announcements. One is I am actually moving, which is huge. I'm moving um, January 1st. I'm going deeper into New Jersey to be closer to my son's school, um, which is great because I'm getting him his own bedroom finally. However, it's a lot more money. And what I did was I set up a, an account on Patreon. I think I'm saying it right. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. It's Patreon, patreon.com. And if you can find me on there, it's like patreon.com slash the Kate Wolf. And I would really, really, really appreciate you guys helping me out and donating. You could literally donate $1 a month. So it'd be $12 over the whole year because if enough, you guys do it, I can really start to afford to live like a normal human again. Yep. <laughs> Give my son a bedroom. <laughs> he is probably going to want to start, you know, exploring his sexuality soon. So he needed his own bedroom. Also, I just want to be able to like feed myself and him, you know, and once important. again, live like a normal person. Mm -hmm. So if you guys could please even just donate $1 a month, it would really help me out. And that's patreon.com slash the Kate Wolf. And the other announcement, which is going to be a bummer, is I was talking on the last episode about how I was going to do a roast with my cannon. And then I had all these dreams telling me to literally put down my swords and not put myself in aggressive environments where I was going to get my feelings hurt. Really? So I canceled. Yeah, I canceled it. And Mike, of course, is not happy that I canceled. When was it supposed to be? January 19th. 19th is when we were going to do York? it. At New York Comedy oh Club. And, and it was good. I wrote, I literally wrote all my jokes. I have 30 to 40 awesome jokes already written. Right. I was ready to go. I was like talking shit. I was like, I'm going to make him bleed and then drink his blood and show him I'm a dragon sorceress. And then I kept having dreams that were just over and over essentially saying like, you've created these defense mechanisms over your entire life to be in like brutal environments That's and to crazy. not get hurt. And they were basically saying like, it's time to really embrace your sensitivity and not put yourself in situations where, yeah, you can take it. Right. But like you should. Don't, like, just don't do that. They were visual dreams or they were like, just like you felt like somebody was like whispering in your ear being like, no, no, no. I'll tell you the dream. I need to know the dreams because so, this shit, like, it's so fascinating to me that when people can tap into this part of everything. And I think almost everyone has intense premonition dreams. Yeah. And, I, you know, the more I, I wake up, the more go, I pay attention to them. Right. And they probably, they're, they probably feed to different parts of like, depending on what you're going with, depending on what you're going with, like they probably feed into like different, like before I used to start when I was waitressing, every time I started a new restaurant job, I'd have serving nightmares that I was like, wow. like that I would like couldn't move or that trays, like, but it was bizarre, but it it was always like intense. Also, when I tried out for plays in, in college, I would always dream if I got it or not. And I was always- Really? Yeah, but like weird things like that. But like, this is, but like, 
premonition dreams. That's great. Like that's, so what happened? So what happened with Mike? So, and of course it was leading up. I had my spiritual school this past weekend Mm -hmm. and it was leading up to exactly the territory we were working on. So I'll explain the dream first. So the dream is literally, I walk into a, a building. I walk into a house. Oh, actually before this, I was watching these like Native Americans. They were, um, trying to live peacefully. And then all of a sudden these like warrior, tough guy, people started coming in and all these Native Americans started dying because they weren't equipped because they were more peaceful people to fight all these people with like advanced weapons. And I was just like mourning and I was crying and I was like, wait, like they're dying because they were peaceful. Like maybe they should have been more prepared and been more violent as a way to defend themselves. So that first happened in the dream. And then I walk into this house and Mike Cannon is there and I, (laughs) I walk in, I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, the soldiers are coming. We have to fight this war. What? They're coming after me. He was like, help. No, he didn't even ask for help. He was just like, I got to get ready. And then I was like, I'm going to help you. If we work together, there's no way that they can win. We're going to fucking kill them. I'm helping you. I'm on your side. So Yikes. I start helping him prepare and I'm getting all the weapons ready. And then my ex, who's also best friends with Mike, walks in and he's like, oh, Kate, you're here. Like you're helping too. This is fucking awesome. And he starts like boarding up the windows and he's preparing and we're all like getting ready. And there are all these other people there now that are their friends and they're like helping prepare for this war. And then I walk into like one of the side rooms and Shane, my son is in there Mm -hmm. and they let him do cocaine. And it's like all over his face, this white powder. (laughs) And I was like devastated, That's right? Because in the dream, I think it's real. So I was like, oh my God, why would you let Shane do cocaine? Like, oh my God, is he going to die? What's happening? And like one of the guys was like, what? We thought that you were like cool with Shane partying. No. Because he's here in this environment. Like we just thought you were cool with this. And I was like, no, he could be, he could die from this. And I like pick him up in my arms and Shane's kind of like woozy and going back and forth. Yeah. And I'm just like holding him like, like about to cry and I just start walking. Oh, but even before I saw Shane with cocaine, my friend Tina was suddenly there and she's giving me these looks like these sad eyes. Right. Like you shouldn't be in this environment. You shouldn't be here. And I just look at her like, don't judge me. And I look down and I have like these little mini trees growing in my hands and I hand them to her, like just nurture the trees for me, hold these trees and love them while I do this. So, so then I, you know, walk in, I see Shane and I put him in my arms and I'm like so upset. So I just start walking out of the house and they're calling after me. They're like, Kate, we need you. Come back. You can't leave. You need to come back. And I just didn't even turn around. I was like, I need to take care of my son. I need to protect him. And I'm like, as I walk out, the soldiers that I was supposed to be fighting are like storming the house and they kind of stop and point their guns at me. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm not here to fight you. I'm I'm escaping. Please let me and my baby leave. And they're like, okay, let her go. So I keep walking and all of a sudden my son turns into like this little infant baby girl (laughs) and I'm like holding her and another soldier walks past me and he's like, could you actually watch after my little girl? And he hands me his baby and I just had such sadness because I was like, oh my God, this guy was one of the people I was going to be fighting and trying to kill. And now I'm watching after his baby and I want him to make it so he can come back to her and help her. And it's like this whole thing of, you know, you take sides, but you know, it's all about love and actually seeing everyone for their individuality. And so I was carrying these two baby girls and I just walked out of there and that's when I woke up. That's so intense. It was a very intense dream. So that was, you woke up and you're like, I'm not doing the roast. 
I, I knew immediately what the dream was trying to tell me because my right. therapist had been talking to me about taking care of that young place in myself and how often I leave her. Right. Because I don't want to sit with the discomfort of her terror and her pain. So I'll kind of walk away from my inner child. And then this dream is like literally Shane was representing not just him, but my inner child. And it's about like going back to that place and taking care and nurturing it and not entering like these battle aggressive like places. So, uh, and I I woke up being like, oh my God, Mike is going to fucking kill me. And I was having a real crisis over it. So I was like, I want to be cool. Like I want to be part of the cool kids. No, 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 no. At the end of the day, you have to do what, like what you want to do and what's going to make you feel like, okay. But wait, that's, wait, so the inner, your inner child, that's what you're, her, you are talking about as an inner child that you discuss with your therapist. Yeah. And so what is it, what's going on with the inner child? Like are you, you're trying to, get her out or what is happening? Because, because with my therapist, like I go to therapy once a week. I, I love it. It's in, it's incredible. I've been going, you know, for over a year, but we don't, we don't delve like that. Like, you know, like I really? had, no, like I had this one lady who um, was wonderful and she kind of, she kind of dug her nails in like right away. She was just like, that's not it. That's not what you like, do better. Like she, she was the one that kind of like got me through a couple obstacles. And then I got a new therapist who for like the first three months, like I swear to God, didn't talk. Really? Oh my God. Like I would just say things and I kind of would like, why, like I think she was just taking it in and now it's like different, but but I've heard different things about therapy in New York that some of them, that it is kind of a more of a, a listening and to where that I have ended up like, I talk myself into like the thing, but like we've never, I don't think I've ever said the word inner child to any therapist I've ever had. So really? like, I just wonder what that is like. Was it something because you're like hyper spiritually aware and stuff like that? So you were like, I know what this is. And so I want to talk about it. Or was this... What happened? How did you get there? My therapist is also my spiritual healer and my teacher in my school. Gotcha. And so she doesn't just delve into the psychological universe. She also, she she does because she used to be a therapist, just a therapist. Right. But then she goes into the deeper places, into like those spiritual worlds. Right. Um, And I mean, I, I went, I had my school this past weekend and holy fuck, like they are really, so they teach you the tree of life, which is the yeah. sacred geometry. And they have 10 sphero, these like circles on the tree that each represent a type of consciousness. So, so much. they take you into these different types of consciousness that we yeah. have that we kind of circle through and- Oh my God, this past weekend, I left being like, I don't know who the fuck I am. I feel scrambled. I had my obsessive thoughts were spiraling because they're digging it all up. Right, right, right. So anyway, no, she is the one, you know, I could be talking and I can get stuck in my story. This is why I'm sad. This is what happened as a kid. And she'll be like, there's more to it. Because she's seeing, she can feel into my body actually and sense what's actually going on that I am so not aware and then she of. gives words to it she like does she and then she also gives it. me a 10 minute healing at the end where i just lay down and then yeah. without even using words she can kind of help put me back into relationship with these parts of myself wow but she was the one that let me know before that dream i was doing my obsessive thinking and i mm-hmm. thought i had it all figured out as to why i was like well of course i obsess like this because my dad did this and then this happened mm-hmm. she was like there's more to this story there's right. more to the story. And she's like, ultimately, you keep leaving that really young place. Because I had a really, you know, tumultuous childhood. Right. And when a young child feels so much terror, mm-hmm. they start developing these defense mechanisms as a way to cope. Mm-hmm. And mine, one of mine was obsessing in a fantasy-like way. That this 
man was eventually going to come into my world and save me. Right, right, right. So it's interesting to see how this obsession that still happens today is actually linked to this very young, tender, scared place of a girl who's like, I'm going to die in this environment. I'm terrified. And that's what's really going on that I'm too scared to feel because when you're 35, you're like, why? Like, it gets very confusing. Why do I feel like I'm three and in complete terror? Yeah. So I get very confused. Like, why do I feel like such a mess? And it's like, well, it's very young. Yeah. 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 Which is crazy though, that it's like, uh, like you said, you went through it being like an obsessive like thought when you were younger, because I also feel like it's where it came from terror in your life, it also comes from happiness in other people's life. You know, like having that thought of like having somebody come for you is also like a fantasy thought. I think people who aren't afraid going through. So it's like, it's a very interesting thing that like in yours, it stirred from like that. Yeah, that like kind of like sadness and darkness in other people. It's like this like futuristic, like hopeful, like not like a saving thing. It's just like, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to have this yeah. one day. Yeah. Crazy. Well, there's a balance to it. Cause I think a lot of people in our society- mm-hmm do avoid the present moment by going into the future, which is normal and human, but there are degrees to it. Like, you know, some people are, are who are more feeling whole within themselves are like, Oh, I can't wait to have a companion one day, but they're not going to fix me. They're not going to solve all my problems. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, that whole, that whole notion is like kind of crazy too, though. You know, like, I mean, being whole or having some, like, I don't, I just, I don't believe any of it. Like, I don't think anybody's whole. I don't think anybody's, you know, it's just, we all are gonna, nobody can deal with their, their own brain or their own, you know, surroundings, I think in the completely right way. I mean, some people I think have a false sense of like, I guess cockiness would be kind of the word where they're like, yeah, everything I do, like, it's, it's just, yeah, I guess I don't, I, I've never, I've never bought into the thing that there's anybody out there that doesn't feel fucking crazy all of the time. Has it all figured out? God, nobody does. Especially like, I mean, you see it on social media so often, these people that are like, oh, my life isn't bad, look at me, look at me. They're the people that are the worst. They're the people that that in their own personal life are probably like eating dog food because they're fucking like miserable. Or like those couples that are like, love this guy. Then look over at him and tell him, why do you need to tell everybody out? Like, stop it. I was literally it's just crazy. thinking that because I saw someone on, on like Instagram. They're the worst. Their boyfriend posted something and they were just like, I have the best boyfriend in the oh world. Oh my God, we do everything. And it's Text just, him. You tell, don't him. To, tell him. What are we no, doing? No, I, I'm lucky that like Robbie feels the same way about that kind of stuff on social media. So like we would never, like I'll take a picture of him, but it's never just like, look at my guy. Oh my God, look at us. We're doing all this cool stuff. Look at him. Like we're so, we're so happy because like, fuck, we're just regular people who live together. So like, yeah, we're not always happy because like clean this shit off the toilet. I asked him to clean the toilet one time. He literally missed the shit. I was like, where, where did you clean? He's like the top of the tank. I was like, go fuck yourself. You know, like it's not happy all the time, but like I love him, but I don't need to say it like that. But it's like every but Casey, couple- that voice you do <laughs> is incredible. Which voice? The, oh my God, my boyfriend. Oh my God. My- <laughs> That's so great. Um, but it's, it's crazy to me because every couple that I know that outwardly is like, we're perfect they're having the most troubles. It's like, I will get a call from somebody being like, I think we're going to get divorced. And like 10 minutes later, it's like, can't wait to spend forever with this guy. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, are you trying? So I like, I just, yeah, I don't buy that anybody's going to make you feel whole. I don't feel like anybody's not crazy. I feel like everybody's crazy. Everybody's got something that has happened in their life that, oh God, I hit the, I hit the microphone just in case anybody wanted to know why it just was a circus sound. <laughs> but 
it's, we're all, everybody's broken. And I think the more we realize that like everybody is just trying their best every day. Like, and we, I think it's crazy because you say you have obsessive thoughts. I absolutely do too. And it's crazy because since we're both doing that, like we're definitely, nobody else is thinking about the things that we obsess about. Like if I say something stupid and I obsess over it, that other person has forgotten about it. They have not given any power to this thing that I'm like, oh my God, I said this thing and I fucking (laughs) feel so great. Like, Everybody is so in their own head. There's not a single person, I think, in this world that is not in their own head 90% of the time. No, I agree. And that's the funny thing about quote unquote wholeness. In in my school, they wouldn't, they would they would say it differently than you're saying it, but Mm -hmm. you're getting into the same thing, which is we're all imperfect beings. Right. Actually, and this is my belief, but to even manifest here into the physical dimension, Mm -hmm. you have to almost carve out. It's like God sucked in, in a way, to manifest this. And just that process makes us, quote unquote, imperfect. It's like that thing you feel in your heart, that pull of like Mm -hmm. wanting to reconnect. And we all have these parts of ourselves that are in the shadows that have not yet been alchemized and brought to the light. And it's actually about your relationship to those parts that allows you you to feel whole. That's that's a good way to say it. Like your relationship to to your thoughts on like your pain or your suffering or your or your happiness. Because I think that often we're so used to also tearing ourselves down and 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 giving power to these things that have broken us that we forget to give power to things that make us happy and, yeah. and things that we do well. Like how hard is it, especially as a comic, like how hard is it for you to get off stage and be like, I had a fucking great set. It depends. No, I mean, sometimes when I do well, I'm like, I'm amazing. But then I can get off and be like, when it didn't do well. And I'm just like, wow, okay. But it's like, there's just like (laughs) such a self, like abuse. Like I rarely can give into these things where I I might have a set where I'll be like, that was really, really fun. That was really fun. But I can still take a word and be like, like, and, and get so mad about everything that it's just like, why can't I just be happy? Or why can't somebody be like, that was a great set. Me, Why is my first thought always to be like, ah, oh, the beginning was a little weird. Like, why? Who cares? Who cares? Nobody thinks of the beginning. You're so hard on yourself. Yeah. And like, yeah, it, it just, it's like, why can't the, mo- the uh, like, why can't I give as much power to the things that I feel like I did do well or the good parts of, of me as I do to the parts that make me feel like a fucking bonkers lunatic asshole because there's a lot of those parts but also like I know that I'm not a bad person I know that I'm not yeah like I know that I'm not you know the best like I'm not the best at anything I do I know I'm I'm like I can be a nagging girlfriend I know that you know I have asked my parents for money probably far too into my life than I needed to <laughs> as my, my dad even today was like well your presents an envelope as it always is and my he's like and I actually bought Jesse a present this year and I was like because she's a nurse she's doing really well but my sister's like yeah dad keeps saying he can't he can't wait till the time when he doesn't have to give us money and he can buy us a present I was like guess I'm still in the first part <laughs> but like why? I'm right there with you by yeah. the way oh my god but I'm like, like for my honey gift? Can you pay for my car insurance? <laughs> for my Hanukkah gift, thank you for my apartment. Exactly. <laughs> thank you for making sure I'm still alive. Yes, yes, yes. I would like a Costco membership and then for you to give me the first round of stuff. Yeah. If you could um, just take my credit card bill, yeah. that would be really yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, it is I'm so crazy. over it though, Casey. Like, I know. Because before I quit teaching, you know, to do comedy full time, right. I, want to talk to you I felt that. like an adult. And I'm not saying I'm not an adult. And that's probably no, part of this but perfectionist we're, we're thing. we're made to believe that we need these other fucking, like, you know. But I think that's because that's how regular people are. No offense, regular people. But but 
<laughs> nobody's regular, but I mean, you know, it is, it does feel like something, but it's really hard to do that when you do that during the day and you have this other thing at night, you're never going to feel like you're doing either well. I just want to start making money again. Yes. And I know it's coming. I started these going deep healing events. Like everything's in the works. Yeah. It's just that I feel like since I quit, how long ago? I guess about four years ago to four do this years? full time. And I look, I've been and doing you've been it. Surviving. Exactly. You've been doing it. So that's, that's great. great. Thank jinx. you. <laughs> jinx. Now, now we both just don't talk because we're jinxed. Done. Yeah. Silent podcast. Um, go ahead, Scott. Go ahead. Play that music for <laughs> <laughs> But um I'm just ready to start being able to afford really just basic things. Like I want to be able to take Shane to the movies without feeling guilty about it and be able to get you organic groceries able, and, and you not should be eat. able to. Yes, exactly. And, and you know, I know it's all coming, Yeah. but it was big for me to start even that Patreon account and say, Hey, and like reach out to the world. Like I could really use your support and to yeah. stop doing so many tower readings for free to my friends. I, I stopped doing that about six months ago, but I really got, I got in right at the end. Yes. <laughs> saying like my time is worth something totally and my is. energy's worth something yep. has been, you know, something to work on. But ultimately what you're saying before about being hard on yourself yeah. is something that I think so many people, even unconsciously maybe, yeah. struggle with because even as young children were these like messy, wild creatures yeah. and then whether it's your parents or school or whatever, to yeah. we're told to like look a certain way and act mm -hmm. a certain way and then we have trouble being imperfect mm -hmm. and making mistakes. And we're like, oh, fuck, you know, I'm never yeah. doing anything right. Those things, when the, when those things are said to you when you're little, they they really do. I took these like, which I think, I think it was actually kind of cultish, but I did these classes when I was in college where, yeah, it's like a weekend long thing and you, and you kind of like buy into this whole like, you know, it's one of those things where like, if you hadn't talked to your dad in 50 years, that's the class. You, it was like these, these weird things and you kind of, uh, um, Oh, fuck. I just lost my train of thought. What, uh, what was the last thing you just said? Because I know I had a point. Being hard on yourself because we're told to oh, be. Oh, when you're kids, when you're kids yes. and stuff like that. And it was, they were, they were talking about this whole thing about like, you know, if you have a, a coach when you're younger and the coach is like, you know, you're not, says one thing to you, you know, you're not fast enough or, or you're, you take a dancing class and somebody's like, you know, you're not that great of this. Anything like that, you live your whole life with that being the thing. You know, you live your whole life being like, oh, I'm just not fast. Like you, you live your whole life thinking that that's just part of who you are when it doesn't have to be, you know, but we take these things that happen to us when we're younger. And it's like, that's how that's just becomes the that's personality. That's just how, this is that's who just, I am. It's just who I am. I'm, I'm not a dancer because one fucking fat lady that I taught tap said that I wasn't good at it. Go fuck yourself. Who taps? What's her name? Grown up. What the fuck is her name, Probably Casey? Lynn or Carol, who's <laughs> yeah. not named Listen, Lynn or Lynn. Listen, tap fat Lynn. We're all dancers, <laughs> Lynn. I tap every day. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, it is crazy that we kind of like take this stuff with us. But you look at the people that are successful and they've never, they don't, they don't stop to think about the parts that are bad. You know, like they keep they keep going forward and never really dwell on that like harshness. But and that's some of why. them are maniacs too. There's yeah. such a balance because yeah. you can see someone who's quote unquote successful. Yeah. And sometimes they're not even that great. They're just so into themselves and don't give in to they're any They're like doubts. overly confident in another yes. kind of way yeah. where they're not, they're, they're living half alive themselves yeah. because they don't ever let themselves feel their own humanness. Right. They're just like, I'm amazing. I'm tough. I'm going to keep going. If you tell people that that's what you are, if you just start saying, I'm amazing, people are just going to be like, she's amazing. You know, like, I mean, yeah. those people that buy into their own shit like that, like uh, me and Robbie talk about it all the time. Like saying that you're something like, 
I'm I'm so and so and I'm this. Like if you just tell people that's who you are, then they don't know any different. Like if right. you buy into your own shit and be like, oh, I'm, you know. But that's why we have to kind of go deeper than that. And yeah. I'm a huge. I've been I've been talking about this on the podcast where mm-hmm. I used to really run my life with labels. Oh, he's vegan. He must be nice. You know, he says this. So I'm just going to take it in. Yeah. And you really have to feel into things. But most of us have have left our bodies because Mm -hmm. of trauma or whatever. Right. So we're we're used to not feeling it out ourselves. And that's really the way to do it is I don't care what your job is or what you say you are. Yeah. You know, how do I feel about you? Am I getting that weird feeling in my stomach when I talk to you saying, run away, this guy's a date rapist? You know, I think for like in that, I guess more like in in, for like career wise and comedy wise, telling people who you are right off the bat is kind of one of those things. But yeah, but like they're, yeah, especially I was just talking about this on another podcast about people that nice guys, they're never. If you have to label, if you say that, like, it's not yet. And I think a gut a gut feeling that you have towards somebody, because you can tell who's a fucking creep and you can tell who's like not being authentic and not being honest. I mean, even with like girls or especially like I think doing comedy, there's so many people that would just step on your throat just to get somewhere that would, I mean, there's a few in New York that have been in LA and burned bridges and now they're here just doing the same fucking thing. And it's like, get a life, man. How come nobody's figured you out yet? It's really that survival of the fittest mentality still. We're like, I will do anything to get to the top. And mm-hmm. that's a very lonely life when you live that way. And it's not just in comedy. I'm sure you see that in the finance industry yeah. and marketing. It's yeah. people who think that money and quote unquote success mm-hmm. is the thing that's going to make them feel good. And right. if you're screwing people over, or like you said, stepping on their throat, which is such stepping a good visual. on their throats. You know, you're going to be very lonely at the top. Maniac thing, yeah. Yeah, maniacs. But I I honestly, there are so many maniacs, and it's not even that their fault. It's that they've been taught that these things are what makes you successful. Right. And we have to really redefine what success means. It's just really hard to unravel that because if you have your parents' voices in your head and your teachers and your peers, and you're like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, no, I think I need to have this kind of car and this kind of job and this kind of spouse— it's really hard yeah. to let all of those things shatter and fall to the ground and redefine who am I? What yeah. do I want? And that's why the my spiritual school, every time I leave the weekend, I feel completely um, unhinged. Right. Because I'm like, okay, who the fuck am I? Because you have to go kind of like reassess and, and reevaluate and like, you know, make your list of like, what is it exactly that I want? What do I stand for? Who am I? And who am like I? That. And I think we're all, I think every single person, we are way more layered than we could ever imagine. In yeah. a sense, I don't know. I mean, God is a funny word. Some people, when I say God, picture that old white dude in a mm-hmm. fucking chair. Clearly, that's not what I mean. Mm-hmm. But if you think of God as this like huge, super intelligent source, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And we are all reflections of God. Like God, think of it like God doesn't have eyes to look at her himself. So we are almost God in this form looking at ourselves, God. Right. So all of these things that we have, these imperfections and these layers, it's literally all of us reflecting the light of source or God in different ways, but we're all that thing. Yeah. So of course we're more layered than we can imagine. Of course we're going to keep redefining and figuring out who we are. It's limitless. That reservoir within ourselves is so deep that it never runs out. You're never going to hit the bottom if you really continue to live in the mystery and go deeper and deeper. But a lot of people are so scared to go that deep within themselves because it brings up a lot of repressed emotions or I think it's the unknown 
that really scares people, especially Probably. if you have a fear yeah. thing. You're like, I'd rather stick with what I know yeah. than try something new. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody wants to uncover that. You know, I think people are, would probably rather just be like, oh, cool. I got over that whole thing when I was a child, even though it's there. Yeah. You know, because I don't think anybody can, you need, I am such a f- firm believer in therapy and things like that. Like you need to be able to talk it out with that, with somebody who <clears throat> won't think that you're crazy and somebody who will be able to, when you're talking about your day-to-day life, be like, oh, well, that wasn't from that. That's from, you know, like we we're saying before, like that's from that. And yeah. You can't connect the dots yourself, especially when you don't want to. So like, yeah, everybody should go to therapy. Everyone should go to therapy. Everybody should talk it out, yeah. go deeper, figure it, figure it out. I think it's the way to reconnect. I mean, here we have this these horrors going on in Aleppo. I'm probably yep. saying that wrong. I think that's how you say it. Aleppo. And I mean, it's horrific. I hate seeing things like that and feeling so powerless. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these innocent men, women, and children are just getting slaughtered and you're just sitting in your room on Facebook, like, ah, what can I do? And of course there are things like you can donate to the white helmets. There are this amazing emergency volunteer group that comes in and helps. Like there are things you can do like Mm -hmm. donating money or just having a voice and speaking out on it. But I think, you know, every person in the world, if we actually started going deeper within ourselves and Mm -hmm. being honest about our pain and our sensitivities and our rage and all of it, Mm -hmm. we could start actually getting somewhere and stop blaming everyone else for our yeah. feelings. I think it's it's also, I I would say that it's, it's a bit overwhelming to decide exactly, exactly what part to stand up for. Like, I mean, there's so many things now that so I just- So many things. There's so many, I'm like, do, do you go and, you know, do you do that? Do you do, there's there's women's rights now. There's, there's uh, like- Black Lives Matter. There's, there's Standing every, Rock. There's so many things. And then there's also just getting involved in politics now that we see that- sh- you know, that the King fallout Trump is in of office. what can happen. <laughs> I mean, like, like it made me, I've never been somebody who paid attention to anything, but you kind of have to because shit, you have to wake up. Shit's about to go down. And yeah. I think, I think that the same way that we awakened these bad people, we've also awakened people like myself that were not political who now were like, oh, okay, everything does matter. And I do matter. And I do need to pay attention. I can't just Vote one of the, you know, like, I mean, I think that there's a lot of people like me that were dormant about this kind of stuff who now are like, oh, fuck. The control's coming back on to the people. And it's mm-hmm. exactly what you're saying. We're waking up and realizing that we do matter. Yeah. We actually do have a say. But you have to, you have to get, you yeah. have to get involved. You have to wake up. Yeah. I really. Um, you can't just eat donuts and watch your favorite shows, which. Trust me, I am guilty of. And you still can eat the donuts and watch your shows. It's a balance. It's not about always having to sign petitions. No, but there should be, yeah, it should just do do a little research on something that, that, you know, makes matters to you. But it's just like, it's just so hard because it feels like there's so many things that need to be fought for right now. (laughs) There really are. Yeah. And finding the balance between that and still living your life and allowing yourself to enjoy it without the guilt of here I am Mm -hmm. living a good life. And there are people across the globe who are Mm -hmm. suffering and Mm -hmm. letting yourself still be in your body, focusing on your life while having compassion and empathy for other people and realizing it could have easily have been you. And then being the person who, if you do decide to get involved and you do donate or you do whatever, not 
feeling the need to tell everyone that you just did that because then your charity is fucking bullshit. See, I don't mind. I, I get what you're saying, <laughs> you know, but whatever it takes, like I'd rather someone volunteer and then try to get a hundred likes on it. Yeah. Than not. To, you know? Yeah. To a sense. But I think that it's, but you know what the kind of, it's the same people like my boyfriend and I are amazing. Yeah, I'm not doing the um, same. You're much better. We are volunteering together. And it's going to be so great. It's just, it's like, it's that same type of people though. The same type of people that are like my boyfriend and we're so like, we're so happy. We're both going to go and like feed a homeless person today. Like, it's just, it's. You're welcome world. <laughs> yeah. We are the best. We're the best. And By it's the just, way, what? last night I had a, I did a show in a woman's prison. What? And it was honestly one of the best experiences of my life. Really? Because I, first of all, I was like, I have no idea what this is going to be like. I've yeah. never been in a prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one was in Muncie. Um, it was Muncie Prison. It's like four, it was like three or four hours away past Scranton, Pennsylvania. Okay. And, you know, the, what, what was so good about the experience was when you're looking out at these hundreds of women. Yeah. And- and this is going to sound obvious, but seeing how human everyone is and how easily that could have been you had yeah. you either gotten caught in something illegal you were doing. Yeah. I've smoked weed. I could have gotten caught doing yeah. that. Um, or I think some of these women, who knows, I'm like making assumptions, but there are women in prison who were in an abusive relationship getting beat and then they finally stood up to him and, and killed then, him yeah. and then they're in prison. Yeah. So, and I'm sure a bunch of them also deserve Our to be there. people, yeah. But you look out and some of them, were just so lovely and they were laughing and after they came up yeah. and they were like, thank you so much. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it really showed you how easily your path could have gone differently and that you cannot judge. I mean, you're allowed to have the judgmental places in yourself, right? but judge in the sense of you're like, well, I'm better than that could have never happened to me. Right. You have no idea what led other people to get to yeah. where they're at. Also, some people aren't given the same opportunities that you are. Some people aren't given a roof over their head when they're 16. So, okay, I'm going to read an email from a listener. I know you get overwhelmed by big emails, so I'll keep it short-ish. <laughs> um, my name is Kate, and I live in Minnesota. I am soon to be 24 years old. In April 2015, I was diagnosed with stage 4 Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is a supposedly very treatable cancer. I underwent three different types of chemo and a stem cell transplant that all lasted 11 months. I am cancer-free and looking to live a happier, healthier life. My boyfriend of six years stuck with me through most of my treatment, but ended up cheating, as, many, as most caregivers do. Mm. He was dealing with a lot and he found refuge in three other girls besides me. Mm. One of which is his roommate whom he currently lives with. <clears throat> he swears he wants to work things out, but he's been saying this the last 10 months that we've been apart and continuing to sleep with her. Kate. I know. Kate from Minnesota. Um, and then she just says how she found me and she loves both Joe Sanagato's Basement Yard and Invasion of Privacy. So, and then she's saying that she's now realizing the spiritual part of herself and that she had neglected mm -hmm. it and there are so many other things she's been closed off to and she wants to get in touch with that side of herself and start down a better path where she's free of negativity. Okay, first off, first off, Kate, do not ever, did you hear how she excused his behavior? Yeah, she made herself wrong for having cancer. 
She's she, like, yeah. As most caregivers do. No, 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 no. That is not an excuse. If like, that is a cowardly man who I'm sure that part of him was like, well, I can't, I can't also dump her while she has cancer, but it would have been less painful to be dumped than just find out that as you were sick, he was sleeping with other people. Do not excuse that behavior. Do not permit it. Do not... Um, because this guy already knows now what he can get away with, with you. And it will, it's never going to stop. And like you beat cancer, like it's time to drop him and you're 24. So like, there's a whole world of guys that won't do that. They're probably, you're going to find them when you're in your thirties maybe, but because most guys from 20 to 30 are kind of weird, but, um, (laughs) they're they're not, they're not fully formed. We're not fully formed until we're 26 and we're barely fully formed. And and as women, we, our self-esteem is still getting worked out in mm-hmm. our 20s. So we're accepting a lot of the bullshit. Mm-hmm. Even in my young 30s, you know, it took oh, yeah. me up to this point to be like, wait, I don't deserve to be treated no, like that. No, 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 no. It took me until Robbie. Like it took me, I, I met a nice person at 32. So have fun. But honestly, like if this guy's living with a girl that he's currently sleeping with and you're still in a relationship, then he's, uh, he's pushing it to see what he can get away with. He's using what you are considering a weakness, which should be your strength which would be beating cancer, which is a very strong thing to fucking do. Yeah, incredible. And he's using it as a weakness and using it as a permission to do these horrible things. He's a a 24-year-old guy. Uh, He's a shithead and you should absolutely dump him. And you know what? Congratulations to his roommate. What a whore. Oh my God. Judge Casey has spoken. (laughs) Order, order. I have made my ruling. She's a whore. He's a dirtbag. You're awesome. I don't like the word whore. I know me neither, but it's kind of But I hear what you're saying. Whore. (laughs) Whore is a, it does roll off the tongue. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do what you just did with your tongue. (laughs) Robbie's a lucky man. Um, (laughs) Yes, I go down on on his vagina. And you just go, (laughs) (laughs) see, I can't do it. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) I just spit on people's vaginas. Um, you should have seen her face. It looks it was perfect. It was it was very, a very sexy it was face. A nice visual. <laughs> yes. Okay. It's like barfing. I would not be uh, good with the Spanish language because mm. I can't roll the R's. Yeah, roll the R's. Ooh, hello. I know. So yeah, basically what Casey said. Um, minus the horror word. A lot of times we yeah, minus the horror. <laughs> the horror. I say it very Jewish. Yeah, you do. You sound like, like, you sound like a, <laughs> someone on the Upper East Side's mother. What a whore. She's what a, a whore, huh? She's a whore. <laughs> um, so, yeah, first of all, I think, and I've been there seriously recently where you try to excuse someone's behavior and you start running yourself into this logic that by making yourself at fault. No, it's garbage. garbage. And just, and it's also trying to be too understanding to them actually makes you hurt yourself in mm-hmm. return. You're like, well, you know, yeah, it really I, was a lot of stress for him to be there for me while I fought for my life. Yeah. It's fucked up. You know, it's no, first of all, if he was really struggling with it, that's where honesty comes in. Yeah, that's you know? where communication comes exactly. in. Exactly. But honestly, it would have, I think at a certain point, it's less painful. And I, and I'm sh- and I get that this guy was probably like, I'm not mature enough to deal with this. But at that point, he should have at least tried to become, get closer to becoming a man and say, I, I, I love you, but this is, this is a lot for me. Because honestly, I feel like being dumped, being broken up with, being dumped, would be a lot less painful than just finding out that he was using your sickness as an excuse to be a dirtbag. Cause that's what he, that's what he did. Like, you know, yeah. he, and with three, one person, it's like, whoopsie daisy, two persons. It's like, all right, three people. Come on, man. And I also, and, and then, and then she wrote that he's still sleeping with this person. Yeah, no, and I have literally been there where a guy and I broke up mm-hmm. essentially because he was 
being shitty. Yeah. And then kept sleeping with other women while telling me he wanted to work things out. And I'm like, you that. can't even mm-hmm. be alone for a minute. No. Like, that's not there. Guys, <laughs> I get so, I'm like so emotional over I it. I know. You can be alone for a second. Like, there was almost this attitude of like, well, I'm a guy. This is what we do. We just. Mm-hmm. Fuck everything all the time. It's, it's, you can't hold me accountable. I'm yeah. a guy. There's too many options That's bullshit. for men now. Mm-hmm. First of all, guys and girls can both do that. Mm-hmm. You know, but so many people are so uncomfortable with being alone with themselves and sitting in that discomfort. And it sounds like this guy constantly needs to sleep around and do who knows what else to avoid himself. And he's yeah. just not the right guy for you. And you just beat cancer. Yeah. You should be celebrating that you get to be mm-hmm. alive. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't keep this guy around. No, he literally is a cancer. Yeah. I hate to say it like that, but and he literally is just this like tumor yeah. that you don't need. That's making you feel like you're not good enough mm-hmm. to be honest to, and to be faithful and loyal to. Yeah. You don't need that. And shit. at a certain point, relationships get past the point of being able to get over it at this point, like they're there, it's, it's broken and it will never be the same. And there's no point of like continuing this relationship because it's already too far. Like there's too, too many kind of like rotten things have happened for this garden to grow. If, if, if Ooh, you will, you know what I mean? Ooh, the garden, don't grow the garden. But I mean, it, it, relationships, sometimes you have that fight. You say those words, you have this thing that happens. And even if you want to work, quote unquote, work it out, it's never going to go back to the place it was because these things have already happened. And you have to kind of just cut your losses and be like, you know what? We're not, I don't want to live my, the rest of, you know, I don't want to go into now this, this life that I've been given back. Um, not being able to trust somebody and, and, and do that stuff. The, the relationships, it's broken. Yeah, and like having to live in a paranoid state. Is yeah. he being honest? Is he not? And then that always makes the guy, th- these are the kind of guys too that that cheat and then get mad at you when you question them if they're cheating again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, because you fucking did it. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to get, again, he would just be making you at fault for something that you did not do. You didn't, you didn't do anything wrong. And I love, I really did love when you talked about the soil because it is in a sense as if someone just keeps putting toxins back in the soil that you're trying to grow out of right now. You're, you're trying yeah. to be healthy and live a good life. It's rotting. And this man sounds toxic, but mm-hmm. by you staying with him, it's also toxic with what you're doing because you're yeah. almost saying that, you know, you'd rather be with that than be alone. And I can yeah. tell you from experience, being alone is way better than being with someone you can't trust and who mm-hmm. has cheated on you. Yeah. And then the other thing is know that you deserve someone who's just going to be honest. There are so many people who are so scared to speak their truth. If you're a guy or a girl who wants to sleep around, sleep around, but you don't have to drag other people. Don't pretend like you want a relationship. Yeah, it's so selfish. So I mean, stay with him if you don't believe in yourself. But if you do believe in yourself, get out. Yeah, and you you have every reason to believe in yourself. You beat Mm -hmm. cancer. That's Mm -hmm. one of the strongest and most amazing things that— a person can do is fight for their life and you did it. And this person, and I don't mean, listen, I don't mean to shit on all cheaters. You know, cheaters have had it rough and maybe that's their survival technique. Mm-hmm. He's not even trying to stop, stop or, <laughs> or apologize. Or it's apologize. like, well, I cheated because you had cancer. I mean, it was really intense that's for me. Saying. I would have had more respect for him if he would have broken up with you. It's, this is, this is really, 
A shitty situation. Well, can you just imagine, like, yeah. Yeah. He turned her having cancer into his struggle. Yeah. Ugh. It was really hard. I had to go stick my dick in other pussy. Yeah, especially- Don't you person. know my pain? Also, if it's the girl he lives with, chances are he was sleeping with her before all this went down. Like, and if he's still sleeping with her, guess what? That's his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, like, right. They live together. They live, they, they're already a step ahead of you. They live together. And don't be jealous of these women because they're not getting anything more than you got. No. It's, I, I was just talking to my therapist about this today. It's, it's so funny that there's this kind of notion that if a guy, just cause I, I, I slept with a guy for a really long time who was cheating on his girlfriend with me. And there's this, there was this really dark place in my mind that was like, oh, but if he's cheating on his girlfriend with me, that means I'm some, this and that. And it's like, and, you know, and then you fantasize about being with these people. My friend had to look at me one day and be like, you think this, that's a good guy? Yeah. Like, do you think that that's a good guy? And you're like, oh, I guess he's really not because he's been cheating and yeah, there's, it's, and you it's, can get it's a lost bad person. You can get really lost, yeah. And compare yourself but to the other women. Have that shitty guy. Yeah, and yeah. you're just like, wait, wait. The the other women and I should be like on each other's side yeah. of both getting our lives together enough yeah, and our self-esteem together where we're not trying to fight for this man's attention. A real man, I always look at my brother. He's one of the most amazing men yeah. I know. And his wife never has to fight for his attention. She doesn't have to get jealous because he doesn't, He's loyal and yeah. he doesn't create those situations. If you're getting right. jealous and feeling like you have to compete with other women for your man, either you have some deep rooted issues mm -hmm. where you're, you've always been doing that or mm -hmm. you're dating someone who's creating that scenario. Who's not, yeah, who's, who's leading you to believe he's not trust, trustworthy because a real guy will look, if you have been cheated on and you are dating somebody who is not a cheater, they will tell you like, I'm not like, I mean, they will make it very clear. Like I, I Robbie, I know that I could trust him it, and it's not me saying like, oh, I know I can trust it. But like, he's, that's just not, he's disgusted by that type of behavior. Yeah. And he's always been vocal, even when we were friends, like he, he's just not a rotten guy, nor would he, it's a lot of energy and a lot of, you know, a it takes lot a lot of, of energy to to live to two keep lives. Secrets like that. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Like I was actually surprised that the one guy that I was sleeping with was was able to just like, I was like, doesn't she have questions? Or like, what is the deal? Like, cause you're full on, like it's midnight. Like, what's happening? Like, where does she think you are? Like, and it just is, you know, it it's a, somebody who who can be gentle with you after you've been cheated on and just definitely like reassure you, but not having, not even just saying the words like, I won't cheat on you, but like actions and, and overall demeanor and behavior, you will just believe you'll be like, oh yeah, you wouldn't do that. Like you are an honest, good person and you wouldn't do that. God, honesty is one of the best qualities ever. Yeah. It really is. One of my exes would just not come home. Oh, yeah. And it was horrific. You you would stay up with a stomach ache and then you That's would awful. start to oh rationalize it. Yeah. You know, we're like, well, maybe if I hadn't been such a bitch, he would have come home. Saying, you make yourself at fault because yeah. that's what that's what these people do. They make you feel like you're at fault for their bad behavior. I would have come home if it. you had yeah. been nicer or more understanding. Mm -hmm. and yeah, and we do. We take yeah, it. Yeah, there's parts of whatever... Because there's also, because I, I find with those people, there's also this intense kind of like craziness, crazy attention and energy towards you that for some reason that will feed you as well. Yeah. So it's like as crazy as these people, as bad as they can be, sometimes their crazy energy feels so fucking good. Yeah. Like sometimes when they're paying attention to you or like they can't, like they see you and there's not even any words. They just start, you just immediately start like making it and go through this whole thing that yeah. it, where it's crazy behavior, but it feels Something about that kind of attention feeds you enough to allow the bad shit to happen. Yeah. When like, it shouldn't be that up and down. 
It should be a very boring straight line. <laughs> That's how relationships <laughs> should be. It should be a straight fucking line and you should fight and you should have weeks where you have good sex and weeks where you have bad sex and all these things. But it should be a, like that should be the only up and down you have. Like it should be, a, you should flatline. Like It shouldn't feel like should a drug is dead. essentially what you're saying. It shouldn't be <laughs> no. this like these ups and downs and this yeah. drama. There should be no fear. There should be no like, um, it's safe. You feel safe there. Should there. Be a, there. There is an element of like a relationship that boring is not the right word, but there's there should be an element of a relationship. When security. You know, there, a security to where it's like you, you can go and live your life and nobody's going to accuse you. Like, I mean, I stay out later than Robbie all the time, but he, it, but it's not, it's just because we're different people. Like, yeah. you know, I enjoy the social aspect and going out and drinking and having fun. And he, it's just not something that like, he always wants to do, but, but the basis of a relationship is a flat line. Like we are, we're, it's, yeah. even when we fight intensely, it's never like, I think this might, like every other relationship I've had during a fight, it'd be like, fuck, we're going to break up, you know? And then I'd get this fear of like, he's going to break up with me, even though he was being the mean one, you know, even though he yeah. was doing something oh, that I hated. Yes. And then there was the fear of getting broken but up But don't with. leave me. But don't leave me. You're the dick, but how don't could, leave yeah, me. Yeah. How could you leave me when you're such an at, like, but with Riley, like we fight and it's just like, Okay, and then we move on. I can't imagine fighting with someone um, rationally. And, <laughs> yeah, and also knowing that, like, there was oh, he's not going to cheat on me or ignore me or punish me or in some way. Yeah, for us having a normal, natural, yeah, conflict. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, in my last relationship, it was just like constant fear mm-hmm. of like, don't bring that up; it'll set him off. Mm-hmm. And you can't live like that. No, and I think. The cool thing is when there's actual trust and communication involved, you are allowed your differences. Yeah. And I think that's the most beautiful thing is I've been so scared to be different mm-hmm. than the person I'm with because, because there wasn't that security. Mm-hmm. Differences are beautiful when once again, there's trust and communication. Yeah. But when you don't have that, it's almost impossible to build on that. Once again, it's like infertile soil you yeah. can't grow things in a toxic if place. If there's rotten stuff in the ground. Yeah, there yeah. has to be place to grow from where you can nurture it and it can feel good. Mm-hmm. And once again, it's not boring. It's no, just but it's not, a different kind of stability that might feel boring if you're used to the ups just, and downs and yeah. the craziness. There's none of that crazy energy that feeds you, like, like you said, like a drug. But there's also none of that fear that keeps you up at night that like, I mean, I was like, a fucking stick because I was so, which was, you know, nice. I kind of, sometimes I wish Robbie would cheat on me so I could lose weight. Um, <laughs> no, don't do I don't it. approve of that message. <laughs> no, but I'm, God, the breakup diet's great. Um, but You do lose a quick you five fucking, to 10. Your pants are full, fall off you if you're heartbroken. Um, your stomach just eats away at itself, really. You can't enjoy it because you're depressed. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, you definitely can't enjoy it. Just you it, in the mirror. But, just you in the mirror with tears <laughs> coming down your face being like, I look so hot. But you look really good. I know. And then Try your breakup clothes when you're happy and you're like, ah, nothing fits. Um, but uh, but yeah, there shouldn't, there's there's not the fear that keeps you up that makes you feel like a crazy person. There's not that fear that that makes you send 85 fucking crazy person texts. There's not that fear that makes you oh, call them at god. work 85. Oh my god. Pick up the phone, pick up the phone. Oh my god. I have this. So this guy that I did at Maui who was just, you know, it, it was just a bad, a bad relationship, but I it would be that thing where he would like hang up at me or not. And I was like, what the fuck are with this conversation? So I would have to call him, but it was a time when ringback tones were big. So his ringback tone was Kid Rock, the um, 
we were dancing, and not my hair was short, my hair was long. But so could you imagine being filled with rage, just filled with rage and getting hung up on? And then it was like, I'm going to call this motherfucker back. And, and you hear the song again. It was 1985. You're like, ah, I'm going to kill Kid Rock. Over and over me just calling him and being like, I'm at work. And then me calling back, it was 19. Oh God, I'm so was- over this drama. It's <laughs> it unbelievable. So it's like yeah. you want someone where you don't have the drama, but you also want someone where you can go deep with them and have those really yeah. intellectual, sensitive discussions. Yeah. You know, it's a really and you cool have to balance. Work, you have to work on that part too. Like there's parts of, you know, our relationship where like I want to go deeper and because we're rooted in like a friendship and we know each other so well and we've never not lived together because we moved here as friends and we moved in together as Amazing. friends and now we're dating. Like there, you kind of forget that they're, you do have to like go to dinner sometimes and like talk about things, especially because like he's not, he's, he's not as like open as I am. And, and, you know, he's, it takes a little more digging. And so it's, it's also trying to find out and like, you know, I think I'm very vocal about my wants and needs and who I am and he's not as, so it actually like, you know, like I need to ask him the questions, but being like, what is, what you is have to be awake. You, you have to stay need? conscious in the relationship and yeah, feed it. Because I don't know, I, like, you know, date of two and a half years and I still don't sometimes know what you need from me. Like, I don't know. And so that's actually like something that I've been tossing around with my therapist a lot about like, you know, because I want to share experiences with him. But I think I am more of an experience-based person that where I find happiness and experience more so than he is. So I need to find out how, yeah, I can get deeper so that we're, so that I feel more like we're sharing something as opposed to like, I'm having one experience and he's having a different one. We're still in it together and we still want to be in it together, but we're having two different experiences. So this is, this is my homework and my brain work and my like. It's like a Venn diagram. He's here, he's got his own thing, you're here. And then there's like that overlap to have a third thing together. But it's like, yeah, it's, it's about, yeah, being awake and needing to know, kind of like taking a step back and being like, I'm very clear with what I want and need. But I just realized I don't know what he does, and I have to I have to ask, and I have to pay more attention to that instead of just always being like <laughs> stuck in your own world, kind of a thing. Me, yeah, mm-hmm. it's my life, and it's hard. I want to know what you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> and in terms of the the girl was writing about you know yeah. going on the journey and negativity. Mm-hmm. You know, this is just a good way to start paying attention to you and your needs. Go to therapy. Again, talk this out to therapy because guaranteed just saying it out loud to somebody who's not because you know we all have the different friends we go to the friend that's going to be mean the friend's going to be nice the friend you know exactly where you're going to get from them yeah and you can't always go to these people with these things that are so sensitive and feel so funny to you you have to go to somebody who is just going to make you feel not crazy regardless what you say and not bad yes therapy so we got to wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Before I tell them where they can find you, I first want to give a shout out to Pinch Recording Studios. That's where we are right now. It's lovely. And I would really recommend if you have a podcast you want to start and you're in the New York City or Queens area, mm-hmm. Brooklyn, I would come do it here. It's really affordable to do it. It's Pinch Recording Studio. Long Island City. I should try to, let me try to find, while you're while you're plugging your stuff, I'm going to try to find, I'm going to give Scott's email. I hope that's okay, Scott, because I don't know where you <laughs> want them to contact you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I will do that. But first, tell them where they can find you. Um, I'm on uh, Twitter at Casey Balsham. I'm on Instagram at Case face B. Um, uh, everything's on my website, caseyvalstrom.com. I will also be at the Punchline in San Francisco. I don't know if uh, any of the, anybody's in California. When is this airing? Um, in a week. 
Oh, okay. Never mind. You will have just missed me at the punchline in San Francisco <laughs> on Monday, December 19th. So <laughs> sorry. But I'm trying to update my calendar like a grown up on my website. So good for you. C A S E Y B A L S H A M dot com. And com is C O M. So there you go. Dot com. And definitely add the www at the beginning. You can find her at dot com. Okay. I found actually, I got the email about what I'm exactly. Okay. So for pinch recording, it's a great place to get your podcast recorded. It is literally the best sound ever. They mm-hmm. do a lot of comedy albums, and you cannot compare it to anything else. Their website is pinchrecording.com. It's in Long Island C- City. It's easy, easy to, to get, get to. to. And it's associated with New York yes. Comedy Club. <laughs> and for me, like I said, please fund me at patreon.com slash thekatewolf. Twitter at thekatewolf. Instagram at thekatewolf. And I've got an event coming up January 11th, Going Deep. You can get tickets on Eventbrite. Please, please come and be there. Help support. It's an amazing event. It's comedy and healing. And we will go deep into each other's souls. And I'm trying to think what else. Oh, tarot card reading. Kwolf27 at gmail.com. And I need to do another one. Oh, my God. Yes, you need to get one. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>